What is going on, tribe? It's your boy Clef, and this is episode one of the Social African Show. You already know it's the Social African Show, where we chop it up with entrepreneurs of African origin. And today, we've got none other than my brother, Amen Iseo, is in the building, tribe. What's going on, Amen? What's good? What's good? It's an honor. Thanks for checking in, bro. Are you ready to rock the show? I'm ready to rock and roll. For those that don't know, Amen is the creator of Amen Zone, a revolutionary gym chain founded on the principle of doing more with less. Amen was born in Belgium. He grew up in England and lived with his grandmother in Africa for a while. He now resides in Canada. He's the founder of the non-profit Amen Zone Foundation and author of the books The Tire Boy and Behind the Passion. Amen, I've given the tribe a little bit about you. Tell us about your personal life and your heritage as well. Well, first of all, I'm honored to be here. So thank you for the opportunity. And I, and I, I, want, to say, pleasure, bro. I want to say hi to your audience. So obviously, my parents are West African, born in uh, Benin and Edo State in uh, Nigeria. And um, when I was a kid, and I'll keep this short, when I was a kid at eight years old, um, because we were living in London. I was born in Belgium, but we were living in London at this time. My parents, being, Af- being of African heritage, wanted me to understand my foundation and my culture. And uh, so my, f- my parents sent me to live back home with my mother in uh, Isanland. And if you know anything about Isanland, it- it's not the luxury and the convenience you get in, in London, England. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, that, so that was a rude awakening, but that was how I went back home at eight years old. And, and that experience of living with my grandmother back home became the foundation that kind of defined my moral compass in life as I got older. So when I, when I went to the U.S. and started my business, I, it was inspired by my experience as an eight-year-old kid. And even my foundation, which won an Emmy Award in its second year, was, wow. ins- was inspired by my experience with my grandmother. My book, my first book, which I wrote for my foundation. The Tire Boy. The Tire Boy, which I, which I wrote for my foundation was inspired by the experiences I had with my grandmother playing with tires because we, right. had, no, we had no gyms. There was no conventional gyms or work. They don't, they don't even understand the concept of working out in gyms. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Africa is like, well, what is, what is your problem? You know what I mean? For them, for them, it's a lifestyle to be healthy and, and move, you know? So, so that was the inspiration. That's why I'm so, uh, my relationship with tires started, you know? it's pretty much gotcha. that's crazy now is this the, the playing with tire that i'm thinking of because growing up in africa you like you get a stick right yeah and yeah. then you roll the tire and you run yeah. with that tire and you just tap it and it rolls and rolls is this the playing with tire we're talking about yeah. tire boy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, know what? you know what you're not far off but my grandmother my grandmother had other ideas she just didn't she didn't she just didn't like seeing lazy boys around the house you understand so she would act, she would act us doing races with the tires but she also have us doing routines with them and then but wow. but, but after every every uh, session they would have she would sit us down and give us a story about life. You know, all African, all African parents do this, right? They sit you down, they give you analogies about life. Yes. And that. So if you ever go to any one of my businesses, whether it's Los Angeles or whether it's in, uh, whether it's in Arizona, if you ever went to it, any of my gyms, you will see that it's built around that same concept. So after every workout class, my trainers will give you a motivational message about life. So you don't, I, I don't allow any mirrors in my facility. So because we believe the true, true growth comes from within. It doesn't come from the outside. 
You know, right now, if you, if you look at the culture of wellness and fitness, it's all about vanity. So a lot of people look fit, but inside they're sick. You know what I mean? So because you have, because you have a six pack doesn't mean you're healthy. You, you get me? So, and the way I look at fitness is more of a physical, psychological, emotional, intellectual fitness, kind of like the way the Egyptians and the Greek saw fitness. And that was my inspiration in terms of coining my philosophy to match my experience in Africa. And that's why the, my concept works wherever I set it up. It's an immediate success. It's immediate because people love community based on substance. Yeah, vanity is already rife in the industry. Everybody look at the magazines. Everybody looks great. Everybody's perfect. But we all know that life isn't that perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect as you see it. You know, but the way they try to sell us perfection, the narrative of perfection is that there are no problems. Everything is not, nothing is flawed, but you're perfect in your perfection. And that's what my philosophy is based on. So love yourself the way you are. You want to get better? Yes. But first, you've got to love who you are right now. And that's something that was inspired by my experience in Africa. If you don't love who you are right now, forget about trying to be someone better because now you're building your house on a flawed foundation. And that's always been my philosophy. When I opened my nonprofit foundation, it was really to help kids fight childhood, yeah. fight childhood obesity and mm -hmm. also build self-esteem. And immediately they got it. What did I do? I'm, it wasn't a, I didn't come up with a genius act. I just did something that is very simple. Build the roots of these kids and they will grow to be something powerful. So the kids were inspired. So they moved. You can't tell a kid, go do push-ups and go do squat jumps. Unless, unless you're going to do it with him. Don't be standing there and you're out of shape and you're telling a kid to go do push-up and squat jumps. He just that's crazy. He doesn't compute. So that's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it seems like your grandma is a huge influence in my, everything you do. Yeah, you know, I'm very close to my parents, but anybody that knows me will tell you I was particularly close to my grandmother because she, she took particular interest in... in she, I guess as a kid, I always loved moving. I love, And she was an ex-athlete, so she... She's, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. She, 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 she threw a jab. Nigeria? Yeah, not for not in a national stage. She was just an athlete. Okay. So she threw, she threw the javelin. I want to make that distinction. It's a javelin because the first reporter that ever interviewed me in Arizona, I yeah. told her that my grandmother threw javelin. When we read the papers, she said, "Oh, I mean, grandmother threw spears." I said, <laughs> 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 oh, <damn. laughs> She was alive at the time to read that. And she was, wow. she was really offended. She goes, I mean, you got to be careful what you're saying. I never threw that. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. It was interesting. But kids, kids as well seem to be um, something that you're passionate about. I mean, where, where has that come from? Is that because of the, the sort of the going to Nigeria when you were younger or? Where does that come from, your passion for helping well, the kids? Well, yeah, there's, there's two different perspectives on that. Of course mm -hmm. it is. I, I, I formed my, my mindset as a kid in Africa, but I also recognize as an, as an adult that the genesis of the problems we have right now is not as an adult that, that we get it as a population. Our mindset is set when we're kids. So when I created the foundation, it was more about taking action instead of just complaining about things. You know, we have a society where everybody has an opinion, but nobody does anything about it. So when I started my foundation, it's a legitimate 501c3 foundation. If you ever, if you ever establish one, you know how hard it is to do it. 
But that's what I need. That's what I, I needed to take control and make the change that I wanted to do instead of supporting another foundation to do what I knew I wanted to do differently. So I created gotcha. that foundation. But it was inspired as my as a as a kid when I was in Africa. Keep it keeping it moving, man. Um, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, you're clearly doing something that's working. What's a tip, a tool, or a tactic that you use to get ahead of the rest? I care. A lot of people do business just to make money. I do business to make a difference. It's okay to make money, but my perspective on business is to be a social enterprise. You've got to do something that is profitable, but you also have to do something that affects your community positively. If you take that perspective, if you take that perspective, you will win every time. But you've got to genuinely care. Listen, the world has now become a global village. You can't just have a business that goes, listen, I've got the best product for you. I want to make money. The audience are now educated and the audience are now interconnected. So they care. If you care about someone, they can genuinely tell. That's why even though I'm in business here and when I was in business in the States, the guy that was doing my graphics was in, was in India, you know? So the world is now a global market. So you can't, it goes both ways. You can't just create a business just for your local community anymore. You've got to create a business that, that people can relate to in different parts of the world, right? But the same thing works both sides. You know, if, now you have an audience that can easily be critical of your business online. So it goes both ways, but, but you, have an, you have an opportunity that's been unprecedented. So for me, it was really just making sure that whatever concept I had made a difference in people's lives outside of buying a product. It has to be an experience when they meet you and your personality your personality has to come through in, your, in the way you service your clientele. Otherwise, you will fail every time. Now, that's deep. Because one thing I want the tribe to take away from this is that caring. You know, it's one thing setting up a business, creating a product without that care for the customer. It, no one's going to buy it. <laughs> no, no, you're not gonna that's buy deep. It. That's so much value. So this entrepreneurship thing, it could be a very lonely place sometimes. You get the lows and you get the highs. Take us to a time when you felt like, do you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. This is just the lowest <laughs> of the low. Take us. <laughs> Most entrepreneurs will tell you that happens almost every day. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> you're like, true. You're like, you're like, I went to school. Very. I went to school for a reason. I could get a job and just be good, you know? But we're not built like that. True entrepreneurs are not built like that. It's like an athlete sitting on the bench watching a game go on. You, they'll rather die than do that. It's, it's just not in our makeup. That's why when you see people say they're entrepreneurs, my question, are you really an entrepreneur or you're looking at the benefits of being an entrepreneur and you're more connected to that than a true entrepreneurship means you're committed no matter what. So one of the hardest times I ever had was after my first, my first challenge, my first... Uh, you know, so-called failure. Like when I created my first business, I put everything into it. It's your first one, you know? You put your heart and yep. soul and everything. Baby. My baby, my passion. I woke up, I slept dreaming yep. about this place and it didn't work. And when it didn't work, I kept fighting to keep it going until I was one man standing and it still didn't, it still didn't work. And what the, was it you were doing? The hardest, I, was, I set up the fitness uh, business that I had based on my tire concept, right? But, uh, but I had, I had very little capital, you know, I had nothing, you know, I did it with every penny I had. I didn't, um, I didn't go to the bank for a loan. I just, I went straight out of, listen, the way I saw it, 
was, when you're raised as an African kid, our parents never took our excuses. And so no. I had, as far as I was concerned, I don't have any excuse. I have a vision. I'm going to go make it happen no matter what. I have a dollar. I'll start Straight with that dollar. So I did that. But at some point, when you start any business on the capitalize, you run a very high risk of a good business and a good concept failing. And that's what I did. I started very undercapitalized and, and, it, and it failed because of that. Because at some point, you need to put more money in the business, right? Nobody tells you the other part. You just set up shop. You're going. Your business starts growing. But when the business grows, it takes money to make money. So you need to put more money in to have more staff and grow. At some point, I didn't, that didn't, there was just not enough money to, to maintain that kind of business. And it folded. I see. But I remembered wow. the harsh reality of realizing that passion is not enough. You need a lot more than passion. Wow. And passion <laughs> is not enough. Because a lot of people are under the, the misguided uh, culture of Instagram and social media, where they tell you all these one-line, one-liners that inspire you, but they don't tell you what's behind the passion. That's what my next book coming the out. actual graft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't tell you. That's why my next book coming out in a few months says behind the passion is because okay, gotcha. if you rely, if you rely on, oh, I'm a passionate entrepreneur, good for you, but that's not enough. You know, it's like talent is not enough in sports. Hard work would be talent anytime. And, you know, so it's the same with business. And I realized, so that was a harsh reality for me that I was not sleeping, working hard and all that, that, that wasn't enough, but consistent, consistent work towards the same goal is what gets you there. It really is. Because wow. your, your idea might be great, but you got to be committed with conviction. That means, listen, this road might not work to get towards the goal, but I'm willing to try another road and keep trying another road and another road until I get towards the goal. It's like you get out of your house, for example, and yeah. you're trying to get to a destination. And then you get in your car and you're driving and you realize that exit is closed. What do you do? You park your car and you quit or you go home? No. You look for a next route to get to that location. That's the same with life and business. It's not, it's not disconnected. In business, if one doesn't work, what most people do is that they come up with a new goal. And that's why you see people every day. I know you, we all have those friends. They have a new idea every time you see yep. them. Oh, you know what I mean? Because they never, they, never, they, they never committed to any idea with yep. conviction with long enough time to make it happen. You've got to be committed to your vision. That's crazy. That's it. One thing I want to try to take away from this is it, it, it's, it's the reality of the situation. Passion without work is nothing. Absolutely zero. Zero. That's zero. crazy. Oh, obviously, we talked about the lows. Thanks for taking us there. Uh, let's talk about uh, the, the moment it all changed for you, the, that, that light bulb moment when it, when it all clicked and you thought, whoa, I'm onto something here. Yeah. Take us there. So here's the thing. When you have a bad situation, it could be the, it could be the, uh, it could be the step back for the comeback. You know what I'm saying? I can't, for, for lack of a better, lack of a better term. Sometimes you got to take a step backward. You got to take a step back, take two steps forward. The problem is a lot of people have that step back and they panic. They panic and they quit. And they end up going to their comfort zone. So the times the thing changed for me was through the same thing that I considered a failure was where my biggest opportunity came out. Because somebody had seen my concept and saw how hard I worked 
and was willing to give me an opportunity to, to try again, right? But based on the fact that, you know what I mean? So based on the fact that when I come up, I can now pay for the, um, for the months that they had given me the opportunity to work, to open my business for free. And that taught me a lesson. There's always more than one way to make it happen. You've got to think outside the box. What you learned in school isn't going to be enough. You've got to get street smart in a sense. You know what I mean? The, the, the degree yes. isn't going to be enough. I got my business degree, but it didn't tell me how to survive when things hit the fan. No. You know what I mean? They only tell me how to, how to, how to work for somebody else. I don't tell you how to work for yourself. <laughs> <so to speak. laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so when I got that opportunity, I made a mountain out of it. And I realized... Once my concept, the same concept, I didn't change a damn thing. The same concept that wow. failed, the same thing that failed finally worked for me because one, I was in the right location, right? The system was more consistent. You know, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a few other things that worked. And then there was a line outside. That's when I realized, I said, wow. And everybody and wow. their grandmother was telling me, I mean, you got something special here. There's something really unique about what you're doing. So one day I was driving to work to my facility, and I saw a line outside. I remember thinking, as God is my witness, I remember thinking my building must be on fire or my staff came in late and they didn't open the doors because I didn't understand why there was a line outside the door for a class. It's a workout class. It's not like, it's not like, a, it's not like, a, it's not like an office where you go collect checks. It's a workout. There was a line outside, and when I came... Everybody, like, there was people I didn't realize because the marketing had worked and there were people. I could hear the whispering, oh, that's a man, that's a man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I realized, I said, wow. I thought, wow, for my tire workout that everybody that's thought crazy. Was, was crazy. So if you go, if you follow my story, you'll see, uh, you, that's when I knew, that's the first time I knew I had something special. And then we became, that location was highly profitable, highly successful. And of course, from that location, we became a franchise uh, and started to open locations everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. A concept that people thought was crazy. Uh, I took it on tour. Like I, I did an event in New York Central Park, right? With wow. my tires. Hundreds of people showed up and we did a workout of tires, right? And everybody told me before that, I mean, you're crazy. You're going to go to New York Central Park. To go work out with tires, wow. you'll be you'll be lucky if you don't get shot. <laughs> like, you know one of those where you go brap 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 like Central Park, like gunshots in the air, brother. Like, wow, dude, wow. dude I, I went in wow. there like a like a boss. We got pictures and videos. Everything I say can be substantiated. It's can, crazy. Can be it's crazy. You know, so the, the, the thing good. I want to do, it's just crazy because you never gave up, though. That's one thing I want to take away from this. It's like you got knocked down. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm on the I'm on a downer. But you never gave up. And look now, people are lining up. <laughs> wow. What a story. I'm inspired by the story. That's crazy. Thanks for sharing now, man. Yes. Such an important point you just said that if you if you look at anybody that you admire that's successful in anything, there are no geniuses out there. That's one thing I figured out. It took me a while to figure it out. The only thing is they never gave up. They're not geniuses at anything. There's no expert. When people come to me and tell me I'm an expert, I just laugh at them. When life hits you, your expertise goes out the window. It's, it's about how relentless you are and how convicted you are in your pursuit of your, of your passion. Wow. That's it. 
That's that's got me that's got me fired up, man. <laughs> that's got me fired up right now. Now it's also leads to the question, the the, the next one. I mean, you, for for yourself, what's one thing that's got you fired up and buzzing right now? Is there something new that you're working on that you're buzzing about? Absolutely, yeah. You couldn't find me. Tell more, me. You couldn't find me in a more fired up time. Fantastic. <laughs> let, let us know. We're hungry. The tribe's hungry. Let's yeah, go. So when I when I created the Amenzo movement, it was purely based on. The, the low, lowest hanging fruit, which was fitness. But my, my, my philosophy on fitness is truly a comprehensive approach, which is not just the body, but it's the mind and this intellectual fitness. So finally, I'm, I'm, I'm about to open a new facility in one of the highest end areas in, uh, in Canada, in uh, Montreal, Canada here, which is going to be the first of its kind where it's fitness and life coaching and seminars and so there's gonna be so it's not just not just classes on fitness. I'm gonna have classes on self care. So if you want to be, gotcha. you want to have a, you don't want to have a fit body. You want to have a fit life. And so I'm finally creating it. But I'm not just creating that concept. The concept mm-hmm. uh, I'm licensing the concept to go to different countries because we obviously have the intellectual property and have it registered. And I haven't even done my first location yet. And I have people from at least three countries that are set to uh, to launch this. This concept and that's just my dream come true. So to think about it, a guy from East London. I went to Guildhall University. I went to East Ham University and Guildhall University. Wow. And my parents are from, <laughs> from the end. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I'm from there. Went to America, took on America, wow. took wow. on America. Now I'm in Canada, taking on Canada. And your thing. the dreams are coming through. You got to believe in it. You don't need nobody else to believe in your, in your Keep dream. winning, my brother. Yeah. Keep that's winning. What's, that's what's up. That's this what's is up. it. Now, let's enter the lion's den. Now, amen. This is this is where the lions are, you know. I mean, we're, we're going into the lion's den. It's crazy out here. Are you ready, bro? I'm African, man. I tame lions. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. It leads straight into the first question. What is the best African saying you've ever heard? The best one I've I've heard I can't say it fluently in uh, in in my native tongue, but my mo- my mother says it all the time. He says since um, I'll translate it in English, uh, he says in in my native tongue is more profound. He goes since the hunter has learned to shoot without missing, the bird has learned to fly without perching. I love that quote because it's about adapting. He says it's about adapting to your situations. Since the hunters have learned to shoot without missing. The bird has learned to fly without perching. So you've got to adapt. It's a hustle out there. You can't go out there with a the wrong impression. That life is all about how good a person you are. It's not, it's not true. You've got to be willing to, 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 to stand up for yourself and fight for what you believe in. And that's what I learned from that. So it, I, I move according to the terrain. You know what I mean? If it's hard, I get harder. If it's tough, I get tougher. That's what life is about. Mm-hmm. Now this is this is so much value. Like I, I just want everyone to kind of just listen to this for one second and go. They go one step, I go two steps. <laughs> Did you know what I mean? It, it's just like that's pretty much it. That's just right. adapt. Wow. That's now that's deep. <laughs> that's deep. Now what was holding you back from building your brand? Uh, you know what? If if I really was to answer in this entirety, what I could say was holding me back when I was in England. The, gla- the glass ceiling held me back. I-, I could say that. The glass ceiling held me back. Because in England, I felt like for you to really get... In England, they show you the success of entrepreneurship, but they never really give you a path to get there. It's like walking past the store and seeing a nice suit you have, and you can't get that suit. 
That's why you see. That's why you see guys are breaking windows to get that. Suit. Yeah, especially <laughs> when you're black and from a council estate. If you just want to keep it real, and I yep. was black in a council estate in East London, so straight up. You know, you know what yep. I mean. So, so, so I decided to go to. And I was watching the Americans, and I said, I said to my boys, there was three of us. I said, listen, we need to go to America, and they were like, yeah, man, we're down with you. Let's go to America, mate. Let's go, man. Let's go over there. We take over. But when it was time to go, everybody bailed out, and I was the only one. And I still, and I still went. So England has like a glass ceiling where you see the success, but not a lot of people can get there. For you to, to get it, there's a saying I always say when I give my speeches. I say to them, I say, listen, nobody gives you success. You got to go out there and take it. And that's what I did being in England. Nobody was going to give it to me. I was sitting in my council flat. I was literally on my back looking at the scene. I said, listen, this isn't going to get any better for me. Nobody's going to help me out. I've got to, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> and that wow. was it. And that was it. You I was took done. that step. I took, yeah, I took, I took, took a job. That step. That's oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Which is your um, social media of choice and, and why? Uh, Instagram. I like Instagram because, uh, because it's, it's visual. I'm a very visual person. I always thought I was going to be a, 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 a documentary filmmaker. And that's why I do a lot of, that's why I do a lot of videos and stuff. But I like Instagram because it's very visual. You can either go straight to the point. You can be a little boy in death and people appreciate it either way. You know, that's what I love about, about Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Have you got, um, for myself, is meditation. I wake up in the morning, I meditate, go to a happy place. Most times childhood because I had a very happy childhood in Africa. And then I sort of go to a prayer mode where I pray for everyone in the circle, send them blessings and healing. And then I focus on the task of the day pull that positive energy towards me and just go for it i mean have you got a daily routine something you do every day just like meditation that helps you get ahead absolutely you'll find that most people that are successful do have one um i never i never stop my day without without meditating for at least 15 to 20 minutes or 30 minutes i never i never started and usually what i what i what i visualize is a visualization of gratitude i'm always grateful for what i have i do it every day it's uh and it's not, and it's not in, a, and it's not in a, uh, in a hoopla way, of saying I'm the most spiritual person. None of that at all. I literally just sit still in absolute silence, and I'm, and I, and I literally talk to my. I'm sometimes I go quiet, or mentally I speak to myself, and just grateful for what I have because, because there are things that you have now that you prayed for years ago, but you have now, but you take it for granted. You see what I'm saying? So I like to appreciate that. And then I get my day started. My day usually starts the night before. That's another routine I have. So I never go to bed without planning my next day. So when I wake up, I already know how this day is going to go about. Now it's just about meditating and staying still and get ready for, get, get ready for, the, for the world out there. It yeah, actually works. Absolutely. 200%. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It really yeah. does. It really does. Oh, nice. Thanks for sharing that. Now you've got the tire boy. Yeah. which I'm totally going to check out and I recommend the tribe to check out as well. Yeah. And you've got Behind the Passion, which is upcoming? Yeah, it's coming in uh, November. No, October. October, October. that's, yeah, that's grand. Yeah. Now, what, what's one book, apart from your, your books, what, what's one book that you can recommend for the tribe to check out and, and why? The Obstacle is the Path. It's a good book. The Obstacle. I don't have the... Um, author readily available in front of me but the obstacle i'm gonna link it i'm gonna link it up in the show notes yeah yeah the obstacle is a great book uh and it's pretty direct straight to the point it really tells you where you, where you everybody's read i know most people have read books like the alchemist and stuff like that if you're a reader so that's a great book but if you haven't read the alchemist that's a great book in terms of following your dream and your passion 
that book changed my life when I was in London. I, I ran into it by mistake in uh, Oxford Circus. I picked it up. My girlfriend forced me to, to read it and buy it and read it. I read it and it, it literally got me to get up and leave England. <laughs> I'm not saying wow. it, it really did. When I read it, I, I felt like it was written for me. So I took Which one's this? The Alchemist. The Alchemist. I took it. I'm going to link both these books. I'm going to link both yeah. of them up and, and yours as well. Yeah, but so the tribe's got four options <laughs> to get pumped. Yeah, so that, that the alchemist helped shape your move to to America. Yeah, because you got to understand. Yes, it did. It absolutely wow. did because it was about pursuing your dreams, but knowing that you're gonna have challenges along the way. Most people think that they're gonna have dreams and they're gonna have no challenges. So when they get hit with a challenge, they quit. And so the alchemist was a story. And I don't, at that point, I didn't like reading. Now I'm an avid reader. My, my office is, is a library. But then I didn't, I didn't care for reading. You know, I was more about hustling to make it, you know. But then I ran into this book, The Alchemist, and it literally just made me start thinking, oh, my God, this is, this is me. I can make this happen. I need to pursue my dream. I don't know, for whatever reason, I believe that book. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I bought my staff when I opened my first company in the States, I had, I think I had just under uh, 45 people working for me. I bought, I had all, wow. of, all of them. I sent all of them a book of the Alchemist. Wow. Now, um, I mean, unfortunately, I, I can chat to you forever and I, I can feel the energy. We can go back and forth. We, we've come to the final question, which is a very, very deep one. The yeah. question is, if you had 24 hours to live, just think, what would you do? If I had 24 hours to live, Mm-hmm. There is no question about it. I would spend every second of it with my kids and my wife. Every second of it. Every second of it. Because uh, how many kids you got? I, I have I have uh, five kids. I have four boys wow. and one, one one daughter. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah, yeah. typical yes. African family. Oh but... yeah, no question about yeah, it. Nice. If we if I could have ten, we'd have ten. I love family. That's, that's great. That's no, great. But that's what I would do with every second. Uh, everything else you have comes and goes. Your family. It's. Uh, it's 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 very wow. it's a gift, you know. So that's that's something that's kind of in inbred in in us Africans, I, I think. You know, yeah. family first, and it's funny. You're the first one to actually say this um, uh, on the show so far, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, thanks thanks for saying that because it's one that resonates with me. That's the sort of thing I would probably do as well. You know, family first. Mm-hmm. Appreciate your time, but we'll we'll end it all with you sharing a few words of wisdom and the best way that we can find you on digital, bro. Yes, thank you very much. Oh, if I was to share a, a word of wisdom, I would say this. Whatever goal you're pursuing, whatever passion you have, just know that in life it's not how you start, it's how you finish, all right? When you become successful, people don't ask you when you started. They just applaud the fact that you, you, you made it. Like, that, that not one point as in this interview have I been asked, what year did I start? When I walk out of the street, nobody asks me, I mean, when did you actually start? Like, when, when nobody asks you that. So stop, worrying. so stop worrying about failing and starting from scratch again. Nobody cares but you. So my word of advice is just keep your eyes on the prize and just keep going towards your goal. Don't worry about how many times it takes you to get there. Just get there. And the world will applaud you for it. But you can find me on my, my website. It's called This By A Man. Just like the word T-H-I-S. That's my personal website. My company's website is different. But This By A Man, T-H-I-S, By A Man, A-M-E-N. And the reason this, because it's an, this is an acronym for true healthcare is self-care. 
So T H I S. Everything I do, I was like, there's a code in everything. Whoa. That's heavy. com. Yes. And if you want to know about the business, it's amenzone.ca. That's the company, that's the franchise, that's the whole movement. So that's www.amenzone.ca. Yeah, www.amenzone.ca. For the foundation, mm-hmm. if, you, if you care about, uh, if you have a philanthropic side, you can go to amenzonefoundation.org and you'll get to see my background and all the kids that we help out and all that stuff. You know, so That's amazing. That's super that. amazing, bro. Amen, I know how busy you are. It's been an honor having you on the show. I am still pumped from chatting to you, bro. Peace, love, and blessings, my like, brother. The honor is mine. Thank you. And I, my best to your audience. Thank you very much. Hey, tribe. That was nothing but fire. Kicking it with your boy Clef and the one and only Amen Iselhi. Head over to thesocialafricanshow.com for detailed show notes, links to connect with our men, and links to all the resources we talked about, including the books. Catch you later, tribe. Peace.